Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Speaking of elite results, we had elite production out of Kirk Cousins and NFL quarterbacking this week, uh, and that has been derailed. They lost Justin Jefferson, and now Kirk Cousins out for the rest of the season. You got the Vikings uh, making other plans with Joshua Dobbs being brought in, in addition to Jaron Hall, maybe seeing some snaps from now till the end of the season. But uh, Kirk Cousins, the dynasty asset, Kirk Cousins, the uh, potentially crippling loss for Superflex teams is ringing true this week as it was quarterback carnage week, but also it means adaptation week for dynasty teams. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a as big of a fallout for one injury as you'll find, I think, because you're a attached to a guy that's top eight producer right now at the quarterback position. You're also attached to uh, the wide receiver one in dynasty and you're attached to a top three or four tight end dynasty, right? So the implications of that are are pretty big really across the board. So I do think this is an, an enormous injury beyond just us feeling bad for Kirk cousins who, it's funny to me that I think Cousins has um, seen a rehabilitation of his uh, of his perception around the league. Um, yeah, I think people didn't really like him for kind of a long time, and I think he's sort of gotten a lot more respect recently. Probably that documentary helped, but uh, hope he gets better soon. Um, I like it's interesting because Cousins teams are going to be contenders, and I think it's going to force them into a box. Right? What do you want to be? Are you now a team that's not contending? Are you a team that's going to sort of become a seller now, right? I think that those are uh, those are big questions that some of these teams are going to face. I think I think as a as a dynasty GM, I think you have to be thinking about okay, I need to reach out and I need to have some sort of dialogue with that cousins GM this week because there's going to be right. They're either going to a need a quarterback or b. You know, they could be in a situation where, hey, Cousins was overperforming for them. They were a middling team and all of a sudden they're a seller, right? So I think that that's a, a, a real thing to look at their team, you know, do a deep dive, you know, run through all of those teams and make an assessment of, you know, kind of where they're at um, and, and see what type of business you can do with them. Because I think there's a lot of business to be done. Um, I'm also, you know, I was wondering if it was going to impact the Justin Jefferson share, you know, uh, cost at all. Uh, I had done a poll maybe like a month ago, just sort of gauging how people thought about Christian McCaffrey versus Justin Jefferson in the event that there was a Cousins trade. Now we lost Cousins. I went back and I reran the poll on Twitter. It's the same results. So not a real change there in terms of like that practical, um, you know, at least the the, the overall broader market. Um, so I think that's interesting there in terms of that. I thought there would be a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of movement there. doesn't seem to be the case. But again, I think, reaching out and sort of having that having that dialogue having that exchange of trade offers you know i think that's a worthwhile thing to be thinking about this week yeah i think 
you know, the Kirk Cousins scenario, it reminds me to some degree, I actually think it's a better situation to make this uh, proclamation and make this move in the market. But I remember back with Aaron Rodgers that, you know, when he goes out, the gloom and doom, and he's five years older, so it's a little bit different of a conversation, but it's also a cheaper price point. I remember getting Aaron Rodgers for a third or a third plus, and it's like, well, that's a no-brainer. You know, the assumption that a, a quarterback is never going to be the same or not coming back, um, any of those things means that the price is going to be so cheap. All they basically have to do is play, and you get immense positive EV. Um, and Kirk Cousins right now, I mean, he's going to drift to quarterback 25, quarterback 30. I mean, you want to talk older quarterback, already not respected quite enough in fantasy terms, and then NFL terms, not quite respected enough. And he's actually the highest. I, there was one thing I was looking at where rushing, we love that. Um, it can pay the bills in terms of fantasy production, but you don't really have a lot of allegiance NFL wise necessarily if you're running around, you know, and scoring that way. Hence, you know, insert Justin Fields here. But Kirk Cousins this year, uh, just in stock scoring, he's averaging 19.4 passing points per game, which is actually the highest in the NFL. So uh, for all that you want to say, I mean, he's producing at a level where you see, you know, that type of level in the past. You see the list of guys like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Like there's not many outliers of like that. That guy is not aging really well, you know, deep into their 30s uh, with, you know, with uh, with uh, historic options. So with Kirk Cousins at 35, he feels like a glaring player to go knock on that door. And we talk all the time about an injury saying, you know, if you sacrifice a little now, build your profiles for later. And, you know, that's acquiring Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago after the injury. That's knocking on the door this week, next week, especially. Kirk Cousins is probably on a team that's at least in the playoff mix, if not higher, in your, in your league. And that's where you need to explore the market. When a player that productive with a profile falls down into that range, you have to be interested, even if you take a short-term hit by sacrificing, you know, your technical quarterback two or three right now, and you soften your team, you get cousins for the duration of his career and for this massive bounce back, even if he doesn't bounce back market value wise into the top 12 to 15, he may not, but production wise, he's been there, done that so many times and that, and he's going to get another big contract. He's going to, if it's not Minnesota, get to pick his situation. So he's probably going to pick a place with uh, above average weapons and an ecosystem where he feels he can succeed. So, and he's already a pocket quarterback. So there's not really downside of like, oh, he's going to lose his mobility. What, you know, Cam Newton style, or what, what does that look like as he ages? He's basically always been that 35 year old quarterback in his career with his play style. So those are th some of the thoughts spinning around for me is that he's actually a lot cheaper than I would have expected coming off of this injury because he was already discounted to some degree in dynasty. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, so yeah, I'm interested in sort of buying, exploring that, right. If he's, you know, outside the top 25, right. We like quarterbacks that have a history of success. Do you think he signs like over under 19 and a half starts the rest of his career? Over. Okay. Pretty um, easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think he'll sign like a three-year deal. I mean, I, he, he wants to shine, sign shorter deals. Now, I don't know if a four or five-year deal is on the plate at this point, so it's going to be a, a workable thing between team slash NFL and Cousins at this one. But the previous ones, I think he artificially wanted shorter deals. Yeah, yeah. The um, by the way, uh, I had a tweet back in June. Kirk Cousins is more likely to be the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback than Trey Lance in 2024. 
Ah, <laughs> aging very well. It, it opens it up. Um, One of them has almost zero outs. One of them still has plenty of outs. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Like, I, I do think that this probably. Uh, increases the chances that he's actually back in Minnesota would be one thing I would also think as well. Uh, I think the price will come down a little bit on him. Maybe it becomes a little bit more tenable for them. Um, I, I thought it was interesting from like a dynasty perspective as well, what they did with Josh Dobbs. Of course, they trade for Josh Dobbs, right? They're going to try and make the playoffs, right? All of those sort of 2023 goals for them. Uh, I, I think them bringing in Josh Dobbs, right? If Josh Dobbs can play well, uh, I think we both respect what he's done in Arizona uh, under some tougher circumstances. If he can come in and play well, it gives them some optionality into the offseason. So that way they're not, you know, beholden to cousins, right? That way they're not, um, you know, absolutely sort of forced uh, into a trade uh, because they're, you know, they have no other options. So I do think that from a dynasty perspective, right? I think that's a good lesson to learn kind of on what they did. Hey, go cheap. And we have Josh Dobbs again, he's going to be a free agent, but at least that gives us some optionality into the off season. So we're not, they've always been sort of at Kirk Cousins's mercy. And I think that this is an interesting sort of flip for them to say, okay, we're going to create some more optionality, you know, this year it's a this year goal, but we do have more options here into the future with, with Dobbs. Um, I thought that was an interesting lesson to take from, from that dynasty. Are you more interested less or the same? Maybe you did this poll on Twitter uh, (laughs) in Joshua Dobbs, the fantasy producer as the starter in Minnesota compared to Arizona. I mean, it's got, I didn't pull it on Twitter, but it's got to be more, right? I mean, you're going to get an amplification from Justin Jefferson. I would presume he's going to be back. You know, one of the questions that, that was sort of circulating around was if Cousins gets traded, you know, is Justin Jefferson going to come back? Are they going to rush him back? You know, are they just going to, you know, keep him out so that way they don't get him hurt and all that, those things. I think this marks an intent for them to play out this year. Yeah. So I think he's going to come back and play. Um, you know, Hawkinson, we've had that discussion, right? He He's that. But again, Addison, right? I mean, that's a step up in terms of uh, in terms of the quality of the the producers there around him. So I do think it's an amplifying uh, effect for Josh Dobbs. And it's pretty wild that he continues to sort of get these calls where it's like, all right, we need an emergency starter. Who are we going to go out in a big situation, right? He came in in Tennessee on short notice. And he got traded to Arizona on short notice. Now he's getting traded like right in the thick of an NFC uh, playoff mix uh, with Minnesota. It's actually a testament to, I think, him. Take out the Buffalo time. Isn't he becoming the new Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, yeah. God, that's kind of going anywhere and everywhere in short duration and doing reasonably well. And and actually, again, for folks that want a long form discussion, we did talk on uh, After Hours this week that uh, about these backup quarterbacks, about the NFL quarterback landscape and, uh, you know, just kind of the, the Josh Dobbs or the Sam Howell sort of effect of team building and how that blends over to dynasty. So it was a real long form discussion there. Highly encouraged folks over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank, uh, just in terms of, of that huge quarterback discussion uh, from a EV and, and, and uh, addressing the position perspective. Um, I want to, I wanted to flip it. So we have Kirk cousins. Uh, we have an older quarterback. Let's flip it all the way to rookie wide receiver. And, and the other point we wanted to go into depth uh, this week on is Rasheed Rice. And I'll kind of lob, lob it up to you uh, in one second. But I just, I cannot believe one thing, which is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are so insanely good. And yet so many of their wide receivers have been ineffective, inefficient, and largely drains 
on the passing game more than helpful agents. And Rasheed Rice, and secondarily, a little bit of Justin Watson, but Rasheed Rice is the one guy, the one glimmer of he can work out. He is on the positive trajectory. Everybody else in terms of acquisitions, uh, guys coming back like McCole Hardman, uh, you've got second round selections like Sky Moore, Marcus Valdez scaling they've had there for a while. Over and over again, Justin Ross, everyone was high on him for, for spans of time. None of these things have worked out, and yet Rasheed Rice is the one guy where you go, okay, if you're a good enough talent, you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, this should kind of be the result. He's the only guy sort of meeting that threshold. Yeah, so it's actually uh, this this week of the year, week eight, is always I do a check-in on all the receivers, and I just run comps for all the rookie receivers based on the first eight weeks of, of other guys. Uh, and so I run through a bunch of different metrics, and one of the metrics that I did was yards per target and then targets per route run. Right? It's kind of giving you a little bit of some – it's basically giving you yards per route run, but it's kind of breaking them into two different factors, and then you kind of measure how guys are on that. Uh, his closest comp – in terms of that business, basically going back, uh, you know, 15 years, his closest comp at 9.5 yards per target and 26% target per route run, Puka Nakua. <laughs> so <laughs> now the difference, of course, is that Puka Nakua has a 94% route participation and Rasheed Rice has a 42% route participation. But if you look at the comps for Rasheed Rice in terms of his early season efficiency, his comps, his top five comps, uh, you know, we'll go top six comps in terms of that. Nakua, Michael Thomas, Christian Kirk, T. Higgins, Rondell Moore, Tyler Lockett. That's some pretty interesting company there in terms of where he's at. Um you know, so I, I'm pretty interested in that. Again, I the question I would always ask in a situation where you're only running routes on 42% of dropbacks and you're competing with the likes of Justin Ross and Sky Moore is why aren't you running 85%? Why aren't you playing more, right? Right. That's that's the, the, the big looming question that I have. But when you look at, at guys and you start thinking about uh, about profiles right you'd much rather you're not paying a super high price for him uh in this world right he's wide receiver 35 uh, by the way it's right behind josh downs right so you sort of look at those profiles that's not really that expensive and you can see that profile saying okay if i whiff there at least my i'm sort of directionally right in terms of the way i'm taking kind of a big swing uh, at that range. And again, if he whiffs and is like something in this sort of what he is right now, which is a little bit more of like a wide receiver three or four, right? That's not a big miss from that range, but that's the type of profile that could be a top 10 to 15 dynasty asset at some point in the next 18 months. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite stats, cause something I was looking at in his first few games, you know, he starts popping up in terms of his efficiency per route and his, you want to take a guess on what his worst game this year in yards per route run is the lowest any singular game 1.5 1.88 which is basically a shade below i think brandon Ayuk for his career average Mm -hmm. so his worst game on a per route basis is kind of brandon Ayuk adjacent (laughs) he's been over two basically like every other game and then he's been over three like three or four times out of eight games. So like you said, part of it is, so why not more routes? Like, why aren't they basically pulling a Puka Nakua card where it's like, well, I guess we're here now. And like, you're just never leaving the field. And and then the other part would be, you know, is this just sort of a wide receiver by committee or is he going to be a legitimate 
breakout player next year where he goes for 1400 yards and we shouldn't be surprised. Like, but, but like you said, he still feels very tempered in how the market is treating him. I have seen some vice grip kind of offers or counter offers when exploring Rishi Rice. Uh, but in general, he, he's pretty affordable when you consider the combination of situation. And the thing I said with Quentin Johnson actually applies to Rasheed Rice, which I said, who has the most contract installation for, with the strongest quarterback you know, going forward? And it has to generally be a rookie that has strong enough pedigree and paired obviously with one of the elite guys. And Quentin Johnson and Rasheed Rice are probably the two favorites right now in terms of four to five years of allegiance with high level quarterback, you know, you can't really say that about veterans where it's like, uh, well, there's contract outs and this quarterback, you know, Justin Jefferson with Kirk cousins, that may not apply. He's a free agent, all these things, but rice and Quentin Johnston are the two that percolated up to the top when I did that sort of mental exercise and with, with Rasheed rice doing this, I mean, he, Travis Kelsey is doing immortal things, but Rasheed Rice is only like one notch down on a per route basis. He's just running, like you said, a heck of a lot fewer routes. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. So Rasheed Rice, uh, again, I mean, like you said, there's basically, didn't you say it's like, huh, no comps? <laughs> you, yeah. you basically, like at some point you were like, oh, there's not really anything that fits here. <laughs> yeah. You give the computer a tap. Like you, you working? Like you on? Like that, that sort of thing. Like yeah. you, are you running these numbers? You, a gray close. screen. <laughs> a gray screen for long enough because it had to think that long. Right. Right. That's what happened. Yep. All right. Uh, and speaking of the Chiefs, uh, we have a saucy Patrick Mahomes. Did I get enough trade this week? And when you see the add-on, it's Pat, it's not just Patrick Mahomes. This week we have Patrick Mahomes and DK Metcalf for Lamar Jackson, Chris Olave, and a 24 first, second, and third. Let's set everything aside for a second and just talk about <laughs> Metcalf and Olave. Sure. Um, where are you at in terms of those two guys? Right. I I have the position that I think Olave is the the type of guy that could be a difference maker in dynasty to a really really high level. I think this year's been and fits and starts because of the quarterback, but I think the profile is still really good. Um, and I would have him a tier above Metcalf. Are you in a similar place? Yes. I have Olave tier two, DK Metcalf tier three. Okay. Um, and, and for DK Metcalf, part of it is, I feel this is sort of an NFL, NFL sort of thing. He's at 1.9 yards per hour run for his career, which is very good. Uh, but he's basically had one big year. Now that's better than having zero big years. Right. <laughs> you prefer that heavily, but I feel like now, so kind of one discussion we've had before is, you know, I think we had it on a, a premium side was the proven versus unproven part. And so the proxy I have is you'd love to have a double hit, you know, that, that is easy proven, which would be two top 12 seasons. But if you don't have that, I started doing, you know, sort of fractionated math where I was like, so if you have a top 12 and then you have two top 24s, we're, we're going to count that. Like I started going through these profiles and going through this exercise. So DK Metcalf is in that bucket where he's had two top 24s and then another one that's in the top 12. And, but it doesn't he feel more like a top 24 guy than a top 12 guy? Like just the feel of it. And it's weird because he's 25. He's got three quality years in a row after a slow start to his career. But he just, for some reason, he does not feel like one of those I am the captain now players. And it's weird to say that because he's a hulking specimen Superman build. And you, you say, well, this is, you know, coming out, this is a baby Julio Jones. This is a rocked up Julio, you know, or just whatever. 
but Julio Jones was drafted with a trade up in the, in the top five to 10. And uh, again, he did unreal things and D, DK Metcalf is not on that trajectory. And so I just, for me, DK Metcalf has a more tempered ceiling. And that's crazy to say, cause he has a wide receiver, six adjusted points per game season under his belt. So again, he's proven, but I feel like in terms of tilting the access efficiency wise, he's just very good in that bucket and moniker for me, not elite. And I, I think Chris Olave is a really good time to be buying Chris Olave. I picked up a couple shares this, this regular season because this season's not going well for him. It seems like every game there's something going awry over the last month, whether it's quarterbacking or the ball gravitates elsewhere. He has a couple quizzical drops, but you don't put up. I mean, the fact that he's having a down year and he's a two-year player and he's still at over two yards per route run, it's pretty nutty when you can do that. And that's how high up on the rung he was after year one. So I think there's a lot of garbage going on around him, but I think having him in the top 10 of dynasty wide receivers is the right play and the right spot for him. And I think after at wide receiver two or three, it's a little more murky and you can have him at five. You can have him at eight or nine. Like I don't have a strong preference in that zone. Uh, it kind of depends on what you're going for. You know, I think it's hard not to have Tyree kill ahead of him just based on how much of the orbit changes when you have Tyree kill on your team. Um, so those little th- minutia things are in tier two for me, but Chris Olave certainly is. Yeah. And so I think you look at this trade, I'm with you on that. I, I come back with sort of that thought process in mind and say, okay, the difference between Olave and Metcalf plus all those picks, that's really Lamar and two firsts for Mahomes, which is a lot to pay. Break that down <laughs> again. So you're saying it so, would be a lot. So what's the DK Metcalf for Olave? Oh, wait. Oh, because it would need to be DK Metcalf and picks, right? So, yeah. yeah. So like if you yeah. if you were to look at like the if you were to kind of think about this, like I think you're getting the, the upgrade from Olave to DK Metcalf, like th- that well, is what do you well, what do you think about Ola- what do you do you think it's Lamar and a first for Mahomes? Do you think that's fair? Or is it uh, less than that? I would probably still take Mahomes, but I think this is closer to Mahomes and and uh to, to two firsts uh for um uh, for a plus Lamar for Mahomes would sort of be my thought because I think that Olave okay. over Metcalf is a meaningful difference. So I think you're actually looking at like two firsts uh, in that cost, which that's a lot to give up. So if you're if you're trading Mahomes, like I think, you know, of the deals that we ever look at, right? The the question is, is the quarterback at all in the same universe as Mahomes? Right. And this one, the answer is yes. Right, and then you and start. See, that's why I thought that I thought I might get you on this one yeah. because you're getting a first as well, which has bankable potential, and yep. you could see Olave in the next 18 months boat race DK Metcalf on the field and in market. Right, I think this is the way. If you're going to trade Mahomes, I think this is the type of trade that you do. Right, this is how you do it. And to be um, fair, I don't yeah. think I could do this from the other side. This would be really tough for me. To give up Lamar Olave, yeah, first, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm on that side of the trade, and I'm not usually I'm not usually on those sides. I'm not usually on the non Mahomes side of the trade, but um, 
Right. There will be a couple of subscribers out there that are that are as high on Lamar Jackson as you will possibly find that are going to be proud of us about this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We're growing. We're we're open to this. Yes. Um, and I wanted to include a Rasheed Rice deal since we are uh, we discussed him in the opening of the show. Rasheed Rice and a twenty four second for James Cook and a twenty four third. So this will allow us to also fit in uh, Leonard Fournette in this discussion, what yeah. I think is a, a pretty big impact here. Um, yeah, I was writing something today. Um, Leonard Fournette's the type of, and this will be something we'll actually discuss on the on the Deeper Dive show, kind of in this, in this vein today on the Patreon side. Um, the type of events that you sit here right now and don't necessarily foresee that can alter Dynasty Leagues. Right. And the signing of Fournette to Buffalo, right? In the event that that there's a James Cook injury, Fournette's the type of player that can go out and and score 20 points a game. Right. Maybe he's not that from week one to week 18, but from week 14 through week 17, he could be that guy. Um, and this is setting up like again, I we don't know how good a shape he's in. It doesn't matter right now, right? This is solely a play towards the future on, you know, all we care about is a month from now with Fournette, right? Is he there in a month? That's kind of what you're aiming for. So I do think that takes a chunk out of James Cook, right? I think that takes a ch chunk out of James Cook. James Cook hasn't really elevated to what I thought he was capable of being, which was more of a top 15 guys, kind of more into the, into the twenties in terms of like a per game score, um, so I kind of look at this and I'm like, all right, like I think Rice is a potential difference maker. Plus you're getting the pickup grade. That's we're working for net sort of through this conversation. Uh, but give me Rice in the second there over, over Cook in the third. Yeah. And in Superflex, the, the pick fee upgrade feels meaningful, right? The third yep. round, it's kind of helter skelter on what you get. Second round, you know, we talked about, you know, being in on potential day two quarterbacks on the uh, after hours this week, you know, on specific profiles, being open to that and the upside possibilities uh, with quarterbacks mixing into the top, you know, 12 to 18, then you get some, some looks at easily day two running backs, you know, that are available in round two and, and sometimes late in the round, uh, even drifting to day uh, round three sometimes. So uh, you get inside that line. And Rasheed Rice feels like someone that, you know, he's not really on the trajectory of falling on his face. Now he may not get all the way to alpha status paired with Patrick Mahomes and boy, isn't life great. Uh, kind of as we, people were projecting Sky Moore uh, 15 months ago uh, that, he, you know, he may not get all the way to that elevated status by the end of next season, let's say. But like you said, that the James Cook downside is pretty pronounced in terms of if he keeps going down this path of, you know, it feels like he should do more. You'll see him pop some of these runs and it's like, well, as long as they have a guy with burst in this offense, there's yardage to be gained when things are right in the run game. But I keep going back to Leonard Fournette was trusted unequivocally by Tom Brady. Yep. And who, why wouldn't you say that's a good thing down the stretch run of meaningful games slash postseason, which optically still counts for dynasty, you know, in January, there are still player value adjustments going on based on postseason and nationally televised monster NFL games uh, being run, even though we are not accruing points and Fournette could be the clear cut guy. I do wonder, what do you think about the, this is more of a statement on Latavius Murray, not maybe being what they expected or, 
you know, now halfway through the season, not what they expected. I saw some Latavius Murray slander today, and I got to be honest, yeah. I went out and I researched that pretty, pretty aggressively just because, you know, I got to protect the logo here. Um, Latavius Murray's rushing yards over expectation is fine. Okay. <laughs> He's at 0.21 over expectation. The problem is, is sort of the, the percentage of his carries that are over expectations really low. So there's, you know, that there's a little bit of that there, you know, he's boom bustish in terms of all of that. Um, I still wonder why, why Fournette would go here if he was going to languish. Like that's, that's not right? like assume like Occam's razor, right? Like right. let's assume like Fournette is the name out there in free agency. It's funny. I always have this, uh, like when I'm going over running backs for the week, it's like Fournette was the only name for like weeks now in the column of notable free agents. And when I had to delete him <laughs> this week, I said, well, I have to put somebody there. Right. I was like, who's the notable veteran, uh, you know, jabroni, if you will, just out in the, out in the, uh, out on the streets right now, you know, because Fournette is gone. I came up with Mark Ingram and that's a pretty big drop off <laughs> with where <laughs> we sit right now of a team looking to spackle something together later this season. So I thought Fournette really had all the cards of like any situation that turns a little ugly and it didn't feel like Buffalo was technically that one. So it kind of perks your ears up on why on, from his perspective, Hey, you got halfway through the season. Actually, where he probably reached a point where he needs to accrue the year, right? For yeah, benefits not, and not you have to sure. play 10 games or something, right? 10 not, games or eight games. Not, or... not sure how that goes in terms yeah. of, well, he, I think that would be to accrue a year, but he's on a one-year contract. So I'm not sure it would matter um, yeah. on that. But the, well, I think it has to do with his like benefits and retirement stuff and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that would make it sense. It helps a little bit, but I mean, yeah. again, that yeah. wouldn't be like the, I can't hold out two more weeks or something, but yeah. it just, I, find, I will be very interested to see what happens when Damian Harris comes back. And just like you said, where does this story could go a variety of directions from now through whenever their season is over. And I, I don't think it's going to be a situation though, where it's like going to be hard to parse out kind of week to week. Right. I think this will become a clear one, right? This is either an indictment of James Cook. It's an indictment of Latavius Murray. It's an indictment of Damian Harris, or it's just a pure depth play. Right. Like I, I think there's a, a, a wide range of things that this could tell us but I, I don't think it's going to be a mystery like we're not going to be walking into week 15 where it's a big mystery in terms of what they think of of this backfield situation is kind of my take on it yeah are you so are you surprised in this you got the pick upgrade yes coach Cook, Cook rice yes. yeah all right let's mix in and again honestly i i imagine every single dynasty or fantasy show before this point in the show mentioned this name. So we are setting records this week of just ignoring one of the obvious things going on for us. Kirk cousins is a very notable, notable thing in the dynasty space, but let's talk about Kirk cousins and Mr. Will Levis. So this is actually a two PPR tight end format as well as Superflex. It's will Levis and a third for Kirk cousins and a second. This is a big price for Levis. I mean, is it? I mean, you're putting him basically in a first round pick category, right? He wasn't there last year. This is, you know, that's, I, I think, you know, you would have smashed the cousins in the second side of this a, a year ago. I mean, we've talked about this, uh, or, you know, six months ago. Um, you know, I think we both like kind of the, the over on 19 and a half as career starts for cousins. I'd be curious to see this you know, what this sort of perception of this, who's got more career starts left in their, in their career cousins or will Levis. 
right? I, I mean, that's, I think, an interesting conversation in terms of expectations of him as a second-round pick. By the way, he comes into a game and plays really well against no pass rush. Like, his his problem has not been how he looks in the pocket without a pass rush. His problem has been that he's like Sam Howell when there's a pass rush, right? That's a problem. Uh, and and that's the concern there. So again, I wouldn't, you know, what, you always got to be careful on one game samples, you know, and Did I Did you see his saw, expected points? Was it like, was it like 30? Was it, uh, I couldn't have been that much because they were all long touchdowns. It's his expected points, 13.8. Yeah. And he's what, th- over 30, right? 34 based on this scoring. Yeah. His expect, and this is the thing I go back to because his expected touchdowns, 0.94. He had four. <laughs> so, so, and his expected interceptions 0.66. So what I wonder is if he had lost and he threw one touchdown and one interception of all the iterations based on, you know, expectation, that was the most likely outcome. Cause if you don't throw four touchdowns, they lose that game. So Taylor Heineke comes in, they went Atlanta wins. Will Levis throws one touchdown. Maybe it's that red zone one that, you know, uh, Hopkins broke a couple tackles. Um, one touchdown, one interception. Does this deal get done? Probably not. Probably like it's not. crazy. And, and and by the way, thirteen point eight expected points per game is below Zach Wilson this season. <laughs> it's below Tyson Badgett. That's not great. He is the highest over expectation in to- in total touchdowns in the entire NFL. He played one game. One game. These guys have had six, seven games of of nice puck luck to accrue positive touchdown equity. And no, it's Will Levis. Yes. Will Levis has the crown. Like, if that doesn't scream, don't do this. Right. Right. I, I don't care what you thought of Will Levis, which the people that were drafting him in the first round of rookie drafts, I mean, yeah, this is you this is like walking backwards through traffic and not getting hit by a car. <laughs> like, like you, you bebopped your way to positive equity in the most back bass backwards way. It's crazy. You got all the way to midseason, where he wasn't even playing A. It was Malik Willis <laughs> playing A originally, playing B, and you got to playing C. And then he 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 has an all timer game from DeAndre Hopkins that now you have mid teens possibilities in the quarterback trade market. To get Kirk Cousins plus, <laughs> it's nutty. Yeah. You might be able to trade him straight across for Deshaun Watson this week. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's like one game, right? One game, right? Like that, I just want to be Allen Iverson. We're talking about one game. Talking about a game. Talking We're talking about, about a game. game. Yeah. We're talking about point nine four touchdowns. Right. Right. That's what I want to like. If you watch DeAndre Hopkins, like it could have easily been zero touchdowns for Hopkins, easily. <laughs> Right. What year is this? He pulled the double move and the guy is like, the guy jumped on it like he had been shot. He got like 10 yards of separation. No offense, but 97% of quarterbacks were going to hit that play as long as they saw it. And then he, when's the last time you saw Hopkins break two tackles on a reception? It was an impressive feat. Is 2019 probably. 97% of quarterbacks is Tommy DeVito. Where where does Tommy DeVito fall? Uh, in in that the Giants backup quarterback this week who expected added... points where is he in expected points? <laughs> no, could he have completed the pass to DeAndre Hopkins? Like, no, he... no, I... no. He would be in the three percent of guys that could they wouldn't have even called that play. No, 
That was the By craziest the way, game to watch. I can't. What's it say about the Giants that the quarterback that they played in the second half of that game lost his job at Syracuse to a wide receiver transfer from Mississippi State? Because that's what happened. That's what happened. Tommy DeVito expected touchdowns this past week. Zero. Not great. Zero. Because when you throw seven passes behind the line of scrimmage, the expectation is zero. Yep. Did Unless you see you're in the red my, zone. I, I had a tweet uh, this week about uh, Darren Waller, uh, and he had 57% of oh, their passing yards this week. He had four yards. Received. He had four and he left early. <laughs> what a horrifying, horrifying statement. That is. You know why he left the game early? He saw where things were going. <laughs> I'm good. Saw where life was headed. He was like, I'm out. Yes. I didn't hurt my hamstring, but it is certainly aggravated. I've never been looking forward to Daniel Jones playing more. If he's back <laughs> this week. Because <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. It was peeling my eyes. My eyes were getting dry. Yeah. I wanted to take out my contacts and then not put in my put on my glasses when I was watching that game on Sunday night. As a, as a form of punishment for my children as they were misbehaving on Sunday, I sat them in front of the Giants-Jets game. This is football, you <laughs> announce. And you throw away the remote. <laughs> Take out the batteries. <laughs> All right. Um, I do want to mention, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week, which is over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. Uh, we had a long, lively discussion about quarterbacking in the NFL, about taking shots and the parallels over to some tight end premium formats, as well as super flex in Dynasty and profiles, you know, recently, as well as things to look out for in the future uh, going around the dial there. So a uh, good discussion of some Dynasty takeaways, because one thing I was thinking about after we recorded that, Jordan, was that it's really easy to sit here and if you want to just hyper focus on one player, and you go over in depth their profile and you say they're a buy or they're a sell because of this. It really only affects a small fraction of, of your listenership. It can be a good listen. It can be highly instructive, but the action oriented nature of it is pretty low because you're going to, you're going to send one offer or two offers to buy a certain player. If you don't have that player uh, to sell, you're going to shoulder shrug and you're going to go, well, that was nice, but it's empty. It's largely empty calorie unless I learned a lesson. And I think what we always try to do is kind of talk about it in a macro perspective about a micro player, because it's not about, you know, the teach, teach to fish, but it's about thinking critically about what does it take to fish? You know, the process of going about this and identifying players and points and moments and, and price points and all of that. So that's just one thing as, as being, a part of our discussions that I really appreciate of, of the process, which is going into it where it typically, even if it starts on the micro level, it devolves to a macro discussion because we bring in a lot of different elements so that folks can take things away that may not apply. Well, I don't own Baker Mayfield or I'm not, you know, I'm not in a league where I can buy this certain player, but it can apply to a myriad of other situations. Yeah, I mean that's the think tank nature of it, right? I mean that's the you know that's that's the good part about the I think the Patreon platform and this platform in general, uh, we've been able to sort of have more of those discussions and have more strategic thoughts. And again, it's your your decision should reflect a, a proper strategy, right? Not you know you shouldn't have these ad hoc decisions where you're just trying to pick players, right? Your your decision should reflect your strategy. And I think 
you know, that's one of the things when we get together and talk, whether it's on, on this show or whether it's uh, it, on the Patreon shows, right? That's something we consistently talk about. Uh, and, you know, and I think that is is helpful. And again, I, I don't know about you, but this has been one of my higher win uh, rate years um, in terms of uh, in terms of all of that. Again, this stuff adds up. I mean, I had Jameer Gibbs in a league that scored, I think, 29 points this week, and he would have only improved my worst flex by about a point. Uh, and that team's got like a 95% win all play win percentage. I think I've lost eight games all season in terms of that, that win for five games all season in eight weeks, I think is what I've lost. Right. These things add up over time. Right. And just keep using that process. Keep, keep, uh, keep sort of going in that direction. And these things can really, really add up for you. Uh, I do want to have an alibi. We didn't talk about it in our pregame, but, I now remember from last week, I think we talked about doing a live show this week. Is that we, happening? We may have, not we happening. may have done that. We may have or may not to... <laughs> have mentioned that, but let's, how about we double down or basically single down for a different week? We'll plan on it next week. We so will plan to, it next week. Th- yes. we got a little screwball, a little sideways and guess what? It's Halloween. Things get a little weird. So yes. we're going to go to non Halloween Tuesdays and, and ones where we have a proper setup going into the week and, and we'll have a live show uh, for deeper dive next week at a prescribed time. So this is a, I mean, you want to talk about a good time to sign up, kick the tires, try us out for a month on the premium side. You know, get these long form discussions uh, that really highlight a lot of these uh, moments that we have on this weekly free show, uh, but you're going to get that on the premium side. And then also again, uh, in season, off season, we're going to mix in some of those live shows with uh, some good attendance as well as being able to submit questions and all of that. So next week uh, we'll, we'll double down that that's in our, in our plans, in our trajectory there. I want to thank everybody for listening this week to Dynasty Think Tank. Follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams. You can find those at analyticsofdynasty.com as well as uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 